Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is Connie Salazar, who is a music minister here in Southern California. And Connie, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. And Connie, if you would be so kind, before we go any further, would you please lead us in a brief word of prayer? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts that you give us. We thank you for our families and friends and for our church and this community. We ask you to bless our work in whatever vocation you call us, that it may glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, for those in our listening audience who may not know who Connie is, Connie Salazar has been singing for quite some time and has been well-recognized. She is twice has been nominated as a Female Vocalist of the Year for the United Catholic Music and Video Association. She performs at many conferences and then, of course, weddings and quinceaneras and special events and can'ts. And, of course, I'm one who can't can't, which is, I'm sure, a joke you've heard many, many times, but I, I can't do it. I just can't. I've got a voice for radio, but I can't keep <laughs> rhythm to save my life. Connie, you've been doing this for quite some time. This is really your ministry, isn't it? It is. What's it like to have music as your ministry? It is an absolute blessing to have music as my ministry. For some of us who perhaps aren't public speakers or where the gift of speaking is not our strong suit, uh, the fact that the gift of music allows you to express beautiful things and truth about God is has been a great blessing to me. And so I'm happy to have that opportunity to express through music. So music as your ministry has been a part of your life for quite some time now. I know that you go back and you've worked with people like Bob Hurd and, and Jaime Cortez and from a from the, even all the way back, I think, to the 1990s, it, was, it looks like. What's your story? How did you get involved with music as a ministry? You grew up in Southern California, is that correct? I did. I grew up in La Habra, and I grew up in a family that was loved to sing. We would get together for family events visit with relatives, and uh, my mother and her sister loved to sing alto soprano. They they loved to sing uh, Mexican folk songs, yeah. and um, my father loved to sing as well. He really had a beautiful voice, and he sang everything from Spanish boleros to mostly, I think, Spanish boleros, but he had a beautiful <laughs> voice, and, so, and he loved all kinds of music, swing, and I remember Saturday mornings waking up to, uh, as a kid, waking up to... Um, What's Henry Miller or Dad's voice singing along? <laughs> well, singing along and swing music playing, or and then the sounds of menudo cooking on the stove, <laughs> so and sunshine filtering through the windows. So it was it was a fun thing. So music was always part of our our growing up, and then I grew up in a post Vatican II era. So we had a beautiful traditional choir at my parish in La Habra, but we also had a folk choir. And we attended both masses, so I really appreciated both styles. And being younger, um, I think that at that time I was drawn more to the folk choir, so I joined the choir. And then I was also singing in in high school in the choir there. And our music director... Where did you go to high school? I went to high school, La Habra High School. La Habra High School, okay. In La Habra. So so the choir at the high school was a regular high school choir. It wasn't... Correct. It wasn't like at a Catholic high school you might have a, a liturgical choir. That No, it was it was under the direction of Mr. Dutton, beloved Mr. Dutton. Beloved Mr. Dutton. Yes. <laughs> and so I sang there, but I also had joined the, the youth choir, the folk choir at that time. 
And I also attended Our Lady Guadalupe School first through eighth grade. Okay. So my sister and I had kind of established ourselves as the um, singers for the Our Lady of Guadalupe School Mass every year since uh, she is our patroness there at the parish. So you were the go-to, the sister Lady would Guadalupe. go-to with the... <laughs> yes. And okay. uh, maybe for the week or two preceding December 12th, we would go on the PA system every morning and... As part of the announcements for the day, we would sing a song called Buenos Dias, Paloma Blanca, which is traditionally a song that one sings for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Guadalupe. And that was done as a way to teach the song to the rest of the students so that when the day came and we were celebrating Mass together as a school, everybody could participate. Yeah. So... Already that seed had been planted, I think, of singing. So how old were you when you were singing on the the air to the whole school? Oh, my goodness. That must have started in about fifth grade. Wow. That's quite petty for a (laughs) (laughs) 10-year-old. And uh, so then once I joined the youth choir, the director at the time, John Sullivan, had also attended La Habra High School and knew of Mr. Dutton. And we were performing a show at La Habra High School called Scotscapades, which was very popular back then. And he attended the show, and he said, you know, maybe you should canter sometime. And secretly, I had watched Kathy Blaylock canter up there and was thinking to myself, gosh, it would really be nice to be able to do something like that one day. So when he suggested that, I didn't say a word. I just kept (laughs) quiet. And then one day, and it was the Feast of Pentecost, and I believe that the Holy Spirit works the Spirit was working with you, yeah. in wonderful ways. And back then, women had to wear a dress whenever they were uh, ministering in some liturgical ministry sure. on the altar. No, no, so, no shoulders. <laughs> no shoulders. That's right. Modest dress. Yeah. And the cantors who usually cantered arrived to rehearsal because we would rehearse prior to Mass. And they arrived to the rehearsal and all of them were wearing slacks Oops. or pants. I was wearing a, a red dress, which red we know is the liturgical color for the Feast of Pentecost. Yeah. And I'll never forget the dress. It was a dress my mom had made me. Okay. And I saw some of the cantors and the music director kind of huddled in a corner, what do we speaking do? What like, do we do? what are we going to do? Because everybody's wearing pants. Yeah. And they start to look at me, and I have no idea what's going on. And okay. The next minute, I'm getting a little uneasy feeling. (laughs) Right, I'm getting an uneasy feeling, and they start walking toward me in a group. And we used to rehearse in the classrooms, where if you remember, the desks were kind of enclosed, so it's a tabletop surround, and there's only one way to get out, and it's kind of a tight squeeze. Okay, they've surrounded me. (laughs) I can't run. (laughs) And they said to me, Connie, you're, (laughs) you have to canter. You're the only one wearing a dress, and the rest of us are wearing slacks, and you know the rule. So I froze. I didn't know well, what. Never, I couldn't run, and I thought, this, <laughs> this is this is not. I thought I would have training or something. Right, yeah. So they took a missalette, and somebody had a red pen, and they marked the missalette. The, the long shirts and how to go Stand up. Stand here, sit here, announce song here. And then they marked the book for me. It was about 10 minutes before Mass was supposed to start. I felt like I was a deer in headlights. And I just walked up there. And I don't know how I did it, but it was by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And I got through it. And I... Did you get a nice cadence at that point? (laughs) You know, I don't remember much. (laughs) I remember that at the end of Mass, um, Father obviously knew that... I was not one of the regular cantors, yeah. and he thanked me in front of the congregation. Yeah. The congregation applauded, Yay. and th- that made me feel better. And They're not supposed to do that, but what they do, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a nice acknowledgement, and uh, after Mass was over, I couldn't wait to do that again. Yeah, okay, you got and the bug. Never wore flats you. to church again. <laughs> that red dress got a lot of, got a lot of wear. There you go. Yes. Very good. So before we go into what you've actually done with that sense, let me ask you, how did that engagement in music ministry as as a new cantor, how did that affect your life? How did that affect how you looked at what you were doing with your life? 
You were how old when this took place? This was, I was in high school. So you were probably 10th, 11th grade, something like that? Something like that. All right, so we're talking a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old? Probably 16 yeah, or 17. Right. I, I okay. don't remember exactly. This and, yes. and now you're out of there singing. How did that affect you? Well, I was grateful for the opportunity. Um, that's not the type of training you want <laughs> for liturgical ministry. No. But I was I was grateful for the opportunity and perhaps being such an introvert and... Uh, being shy and quiet, that God knew that was the only way. (laughs) (laughs) If I feel that this is God's plan for me, part of God's plan for me. And so perhaps that was, that was the best way for me to just kind of throw me in there. (laughs) And you've been, and then I pursued getting training. So I started to attend workshops and conferences because liturgy was, it was intriguing, and I wanted to learn more. Why do we do what we do? Yeah. Why do we come together every Sunday to celebrate the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection? And really, it's about our salvation history. It is. Yeah. And um, I've pursued it ever since to the point that when I went to college, I decided I want to pursue music ministry. And God has just blessed me with these opportunities to serve. Well, and I understand that you pursued it to the point where you, you went to Mount St. Mary's and uh, got your bachelor's in music. Yes. And that all began with the little red dress and the sudden <laughs> declaration by the Holy Spirit that you will get today. Yes. yes. That is a fantastic story. You're listening to Connie Salazar, who is a recording artist but more importantly, a music minister here in Southern California serving uh, really the Diocese of Orange and really the Diocese of San Bernardino in Los Angeles from time to time? Um, from time to time, mostly Orange County. And yes, I canter at a parish that's just on the border. La Habra of, is uh, out at the border. Well, it's in the Diocese of Orange. Yes, we're the north, most north ah. parish in the diocese. And I also canter at St. Dennis Church in Diamond Bar, which is... Done just on uh, the other side. Just on the other side. Fantastic. And Connie, when we come back, Connie, I, I'd like to be able to demonstrate a little bit of what you've actually done. You've done several CDs. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what this has meant to Connie and also listen to what she does. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Connie Salazar, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Connie Salazar, who is a music minister from the Orange County area and has been involved in music ministry for quite some time. And we were just talking about your background, Connie. And if you don't mind, what I'd like to do is to shift for just a moment from the intro of your life to actually what the fruits have been. I'd like to listen for a moment to a song that I think John Michael Talbot made famous, but you also were have recorded. What's the name of the song again? Holy oh. is His Name. And it's essentially about the Magnificat. Yes. Let's listen to that. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit exalts in God my Savior, for he has looked with mercy on my loneliness, and my name will be forever exalted. Thank you. 
Wow. Tell me a little bit uh, about how that song is important to you. You mentioned earlier that when you first got into music ministry as a fifth grader, it was singing songs about Mary. Mary's been important to you in your life, hasn't she? She has, and she continues to be. So I've always felt um, I've been under the protection of our Blessed Mother. Of course, having attended Our Lady of Guadalupe School and Our Lady of Guadalupe Church being my home parish, also the influence of my parents who were very devout and loved our Blessed Mother. And I remember picturing my mother praying the rosary. And then in the summer, my father gathering us all together and uh, we had a statue of the, of the Blessed Mother in the backyard, so we would all pray the rosary together as a family. And I think that... Around the statue in the backyard. Around the statue in the backyard, wow. yes. And we didn't do it you know, every, day, every night or every day, but it was, it was something that, that we did from time to time. And you know, I think my love for the Blessed Mother grew that way. And witnessing my, my parents' faith also helped. It's such a strong testimony. I mean, one of the things that is interesting about you, this is going to sound weird, but it's that you are so normal. (laughs) Sorry, but (laughs) how else to to put that? I will often have people come in who have been converts. And so a lot of the people that I talk to have had a background where they've struggled and they found the answer in Jesus Christ. And often they were brought to to Jesus Christ through the Holy Mother or through people who were inspired by the Holy Mother. But you've not had that many traumas from at least your public persona. You were raised by a good Catholic family, and it stuck. And there's an important testimony to that, isn't there? Yes, I mean, I'm not saying you're a perfect person. I'm not saying you haven't had any traumas in your life. (laughs) I'm not perfect. But you've had a good Catholic life i have i have sure life brings its problems and sadness and uh, difficulties and but you know the, the blessed mother has been a constant in my life and she always leads me to christ that was the instruction at the Cana wedding do whatever he tells you do whatever he tells <laughs> yeah, you right. and that's what that's i think the only quote of mary's in scripture, if I'm not mistaken. Well, she, or, she says a couple things to well, the angel Gabriel. That's about Oh, that's it. right. Yeah. That's right. Do, it also in service yeah. and in allowing God to do his will. And yeah. I hope that, that I have done that. But Mary, well, yes, she is a friend and definitely a friend. And now as a mom, I... I was going to ask you, how has this impacted your family? Because you're, you're a mom. <laughs> I'm a mom. Yes, and it has greatly impacted my family. So we, too, uh, try to say the rosary. You know, schedules don't always allow that, but I, how do I say this? I commend my children to the Blessed Mother in their endeavors when they're at school or whatever, or on campouts when I can't be there monitoring or (laughs) through the Boy Scouts and, you know, things like that. Um, I ask the Blessed Mother to um, protect my children and... My prayer is always that they love the church, love her, love her son, love God, the sacraments, and the Eucharist. So your music ministry, going all the way back and bringing it forward, has not just accented but centered your life around Christ, and it's been done through his mother. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yes, I would say that is a fair way of putting it. I guess I'd like to know a little bit more about uh, how this impacts what you what you do with it. Because, for example, I'm looking at the repertoire of what you do. There are so many things. You, you'll do things that makes some money. Weddings and quinceañeras, I, I know that there's a stipend that's involved there. Thank God they pay the, the singer from time to time. But you also have recorded some CDs. I think you've got four now over time that you've done. What is it then... Is it the the Blessed Mother primarily, or is it your Catholic faith in general that drives you toward what you do and the choices you make on the kinds of things you decide to record, the types of of things that you end up doing with your voice? 
Well, I believe it's a, a mix of all of that. Ultimately, in, in, this, in my journey, I want to give glory to God. And I want to, in a way, evangelize through music. Like I said earlier, I'm not necessarily a, a public speaker, but I want to tell others about Christ. I want to share my faith with others. And I think this is the, the door, the opportunity that God has given me to do so is through, through music. So when I am at Mass cantering, I want to pray. I believe the words that I'm singing. And I hope that that sincerity and that truth comes across in the liturgy and that others will be touched by it, but not for my benefit, but so that somehow God touches them or that focus is always on God, on Christ, on our salvation history, on what Jesus and God have done for us. You made an interesting comment just now, and that was that you believe what you're singing. It reminds me of what Augustine said about singing is praying twice. You you get to not only think about what you're saying, but then you get to put it into music as a way of raising it up to God. And then for a lot of us, as we walk out the door at Mass, it's the last thing on our mind. We may think about on the way home driving, okay, what did the what did the priest actually say to Sabali? But we have to interrupt the repeating of the refrain of of whatever the cantor was singing in order to come to the to that conversation because what you were singing is what's going to be on our mind. Right. And that's a such a great place for prayer to start, right? Yeah. Um whether you're in your car driving home from mass or during the week when something tough happens or when you want to give thanks to God. Perhaps the refrain from the responsorial psalm might be that inspiration. But if I could just share with you as a cantor, one of the most beautiful things that inspires me, this is from Sing to the Lord. I haven't memorized it, but every time I read it, it just affirms what I feel and what my motivation is. But in Sing to the Lord from United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, It asks, why we sing? God has bestowed upon his people the gift of song. God dwells within each human person in the place where music takes its source. Indeed, God, the giver of song, is present whenever his people sing his praises. A cry from deep within our being. Music is a way for God to lead us to the realm of higher things. And to affirm what you just said, Rick, as St. Augustine says, singing is for the one who loves. Music is therefore a sign of God's love for us and our love for him. In this sense, it is very personal, but unless music sounds, it is not music. And whenever it sounds, it is accessible to others. By its very nature, song has both an individual and a communal dimension. That is, no wonder that singing together in church expresses so well the sacramental presence of God to his people. And that, to me is it. <laughs> and, and that's a great way for us to transition into our next segment. When we come back, I want to ask you about some of the highlights of things that have happened to you along the way. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Connie Salazar. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how this has impacted her life. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howig, your host. With me today is Connie Salazar. Now, Connie is a recording artist and, frankly, a music minister from Southern California. She graduated from Mount St. Mary's College in Los Angeles with a Bachelor's of Music degree, but she was inspired to move toward music toward a degree early on when she was kind of hijacked into being the cantor one day, but she was the only one wearing a dress at a time where that was important, having already been in music ministry since really fifth grade at her elementary school, singing songs about the Blessed Virgin in preparation for Our Lady of Guadalupe. 
And so for her whole life, she's been involved really in music, and God has been calling to her to evangelize through her music. That has involved a whole bunch of different things. I want to talk for a moment. You've gotten to know some very interesting people in the world of, of Catholic music. Tell me a little bit about some of the people you've worked with. Yes, it has been a blessing. I was invited to join the Coro de Los Angeles, which was a choir that was formed in preparation for Pope John Paul II's visit to the United States, to Colorado. I was not a member at the time. I joined after. But through participating and joining that choir, I had the opportunity to sing for some recordings of Oregon Catholic Press, OCP, uh-huh. and their artists, including um, Bob Hurd, Jaime Cortez, Eliasar Cortez. And so I was able to sing for some of these recordings, and wow. it was very exciting. Um, these are just all wonderful, good people that want to serve. And Did you meet them? I did. I got oh, wow. to meet <laughs> Bob Hurd, and he is just a lovely man. And wow. So many people admire him, yeah. so it was um, it I was a pleasure. It may have been Hoggins. I don't remember now, but I, I, I met one of the H's. Remember, there were like three three guys that started with H back in the nineteen eighties and nineties. Who Hoggins, Haas, and and Heard, and oh. they were all involved in, in music ministry at the time. And I remember uh, meeting one of. Them. I was impressed by how he was so engaged and wanting to make sure that what he was doing was perfect. It's like that's one thing that they all seem to have in common. They are so dedicated to what they do. Was that your experience with most of these people? Yes, it is my experience with these people. And they're humble and giving. And, for example, with Bob Hurd, being a theologian, his texts are accessible to everyone, but there's so much um, depth to them. So it's always a pleasure to sing his music. Eliasar Cortez um, is no longer with us. He's gone home to the Lord, but most of his music is in Spanish, so it's been helpful, and I use a lot of his music when I sing for Spanish weddings and funerals and quinceañeras. But it has been a blessing to meet who today are our musical influences and who help us praise and worship God. How many people were in that choir that uh, prepared to sing for Pope John Paul when he came out to Colorado? At the time, I would say probably about 50. I, I wasn't sure. Only, I'm not sure only because, 50. That's well, interesting. You know, I don't really know for sure. I wasn't part of the choir at the yeah. time, but by the time I joined, I would say perhaps 50 to 60 people, and, and we were led under the direction of Steve Grundy. And, and you, you went to Colorado well, no, I, I wasn't a member at the time. Oh, okay. I joined after. Okay. And then you also have been involved with other events that have come up. You sang for President Ford? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was through a family member who, I'm not sure of the backstory, but they needed a singer. So, and having had a father who liked music from the 40s and the 50s, they wanted somebody to just kind of have a little at least knew what the sound sounded like side area and where was this because he was from from michigan (laughs) this was for an event in san diego okay and it was on one of the it was in the harbor there at san diego and so they had the main stage there but i was supposed to do like a little i was in a smaller area downstairs in a little nook and um of course you know this is the way god keeps us humble but the only people that were there to listen to me sing were my parents and my in-laws and my husband. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the extent. I did get to meet the president, though, afterwards. Oh, that's fantastic. So this has taken you far and wide, and you've been able to do different things with it. What are the memories that you take with you? What are the things that, when you thank God for this ministry, what are the things that come to your mind that, that elicit that response? I guess I could have pursued any other area of music, and God always called me to sing at church. I want to sing, and I think a lot of church musicians feel this way, that we want to sing about the truth. We want to sing about what is good and true and beautiful, and God is the truth, the light, and the way. So if we're going to (laughs) sing, what better things to sing about than 
than Jesus and God and our salvation history and the love and the mercy that God has for us. So I always try to keep that in mind. Sometimes, you know, after doing this for so long, it's sometimes hard to keep it fresh. But that is the ultimate um, goal is to serve, that we serve the people of God at Mass when they lose a family member and they're going through their grief and their sorrow. Music can comfort, music can uplift, music brings, gives hope for weddings. Music just can add that joyful dimension to this sacramental union, to the forming of, joining of two families. This is such a time, when you're singing at a funeral or at a wedding, I mean, we can make some, some very sad jokes about weddings and how much hope is there, but both a wedding and a funeral are really staged in hope, where families are coming together with both joy and hope. And at a funeral, there is sorrow, but there's also hope. There's hope in the resurrection. There's hope that yes. my family member died in the loving arms of Christ, died with Christ in her, him. And part of what you do is remind people of that hope, sometimes at a time when it's the only thing that is, you're the only person who's able to do it. Yes. And sometimes we mourn along with them. Sometimes we remember our losses and it makes us more compassionate, makes us better servants, better ministers, better stewards. It's, it's all a gift. And in my journey, I hope that, you know, I've been able to serve well. You've had the opportunity as well to have some fun on stages. I know you've, you've been on EWTN. Our listening audience will know that you've also done some other things. I think something with uh, Dodger stadium and other, what happened with those? Well, um, with Dodger Stadium, a friend of mine, my good friend, I guess she in a way dared me to, thought it would be a great idea to submit a recording so that perhaps I could sing the national anthem. So we submitted one to uh, Dodger Stadium, and I got a response back and said, they said, thank you, but no thank you. However, <laughs> in the future, we are going to have a program called Think Blue Week. So... Please submit your um, recording of your version of the National Anthem at that time. And so when the time came, I submitted it and thought, I'll never hear from them again. And I came home, and there was a message on my answering machine, and I thought it was my friend who had dared me, saying, (laughs) um, thought she was playing a joke on me, and so saying, we've accepted your submission, and you are scheduled to sing the National Anthem, I'm... on July, and I can't remember the date. Yeah. The I think it was a Pittsburgh Pirates playing that day. Okay. It was in July, and I couldn't believe it. I, I called her to verify that she wasn't joking around with me. Yeah. Was this legitimately the Dodger organization calling me? <laughs> and it turned out it was. I couldn't believe it. So I accepted, and I got to work with Nancy Heffley. She was the organist at the time. She signed my baseball, (laughs) and there I was on, at the time it was called Diamond Vision at Dodger Stadium, and we practiced one time, and then did it, and I wrote, in case I forgot the words to the National Anthem, I wrote the words on my hand. (laughs) I was so nervous. They were on your hand. Oh, that is so good. They were on my hand. Yeah. (laughs) I was discreet. I didn't need to use... You hit all the notes. I hit all the notes. That's and I good. Said you all didn't the right crack. Words. I didn't crack. I said all the right words in the right order. That's good. <laughs> That's very good. That's better than a lot of the ones that I've heard out there. So fantastic. And as far as EWTN, yeah. that was a show called Backstage. I'm not sure if they still have the show, if they still air it. But uh, they invited me to come and participate. So it was a half-hour show, and I, I sang about maybe six songs. And... It was a wonderful opportunity. I just EWTN is such a, you know, well-known name. So it was it was just such an honor when they called, asked me to come and participate. EWTN is um, there are a lot of people who have lots of opinions about it, but the one thing that is very very true is that it's the, the heart for everyone that works there is in the right place. And if they were listening to you and decided they wanted to put you on, you obviously have a very good voice and are able to to hear it. And we're going to hear a little bit more of it when we come back. 
Uh, when we come back, I want to ask you a little bit more about what this has meant to you. You have a music ministry and a great gift from God, and it is one that has uh, centered your entire life. So when we come back, I want to talk about where you think you're going from here and where other people can be inspired to go from here. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Connie Salazar, who is a music minister from here in Southern California, mostly in the Diocese of Orange, but she sings all over the place. She has a background from Mount St. Mary's College and has um, several CDs that she's put out. And we are talking about, frankly, more importantly, what her music ministry has meant to her and the people around her. And we'll continue talking with her when we come back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today has been Connie Salazar. Before we go any further, I want to pause so I don't forget to thank you profusely for coming in today and not only sharing with us your music, of which we're going to play a little bit more uh, at the end of this segment, but the candor and openness that you've had about sharing your life and what this has meant to you. You're admittedly not one who likes to do a lot of public speaking. Is that a fair way of saying that? Yes. So thank you for the courage. <laughs> Give me the a dedication. song. <laughs> Give you a song and a microphone. Yeah. You can hide behind the song and microphone. <laughs> but here you have to be open and honest. L- l- let me start for a moment saying that there's a, I have a bias in my background because my family also has <laughs> some musical interest. And some of it's liturgical, some of it is is side. My wife, when I first met her, she used to play guitar. And she played it up until her first child got uh, too big in her belly and she couldn't play it anymore. But uh, she was one of the people who led Mass. And then they eventually made her the choir director by default. (laughs) And so that that was part of my children's growing up. I have my middle daughter is finishing up a degree here in Orange County at uh, Cal State Fullerton in theater. And hers is musical theater. So she she really gets into some of the songs, like uh, some of the things by Sondheim and 8-9 Time or 9-8 Time or whatever. Weird things that come out. Mm. Really interesting, though, by the time you're done hearing some of his work. And some of his work is funny, and some of it's edgy, and some of it's not exactly Christian, and he was a nice Jewish man. So... <laughs> But her, she began this, and her first love has always been singing in the choir. Mm. And it's amazing how that can affect you. So for her, it has been a way to center her life. She's now getting a degree in musical theater, mm-hmm. but she still loves to sing in church. And it has been something that has helped center us. What has this meant for your family? Your father, you mentioned your mother, your family used to sing, and it it shaped you, inspired you, enhanced you, and spun you on to take on this as a ministry for for Christ and for his blessed mother. How's your family doing? My family is doing well. (laughs) I have have a husband who is so supportive of what I do. I, I really couldn't do this without him. He's been a blessing, and I know that <laughs> the Blessed Mother sent him to me. We happened to meet on August 15th, which is the Feast of the Assumption. I was brought into the church on August 15th. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a convert from Protestant ministry. It's a long time ago, but anyway. It's a beautiful day. And it's a beautiful day. August 15th great. is a wonderful day. <laughs> yes, and it's, it, there's some great significance in that yeah. day. So I think there was Mary, our little Jewish mother, bringing these two yeah. nice young kids together. and so like i said i I couldn't do this without him and i have a a 20 year old son and a no let me i'm not gonna let you get away that easily (laughs) how did your music impact him was this a part of the the identity for the two of you uh yes is he a singer he likes to sing but really his instrument is a trumpet oh wow yes so he took trumpet trumpet lessons when he was uh a young boy and I, I used to have a fat lip, too. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, and he played in the band in 
uh, middle school and in high school, and he was first chair. Wow, high school, that's good. So every he, once in a while, he reach e over high C. <laughs> <laughs> so he is musical, and oh, yeah. you know he's anybody who has worked with me that knows that sometimes I sticking to certain rhythms. You can ask my music director at St. Dennis. Sometimes um, rhythm might be a challenge for me, but when I've had to learn a piece of music that's a little bit more challenging, my husband, and you probably know this, Rick, as a trumpet player, I mean, you have to practice those rhythms, and he uh, he helps with that, but also he helps... He's a human metronome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, and so he's very supportive and has helped with the, the CDs and all of those other things that perhaps, um, you know, we musicians have a reputation for not always being organized or uh, business-minded, but um, so I feel like Mary put us together and we make a good team. How old are your children? I have a 20-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter. And how are they, are they involved with ministry? They Do are, they sing? Yes. My my daughter sings. She sings in the choir in high school. Oh, wow. And so she's in in two choirs currently. And she, as far as ministry is concerned, she and her friend uh, both run the Roman Catholic Club at their public high school. Wow. So I'm, I'm, you know, that makes me very happy. And I hope that she will always love her faith. And uh, And I, I tell them, you know, it's your faith life. You know, there will be times where you will doubt and there will be times where you will have great faith, but always pray and always stay close to God and in those moments of doubt, ask for an increase in faith. This is the theme of Christ's uh, later ministry as he moves toward his death. He, as he moves towards the suffering that he's about to go through, is faith in God. You know, this mm-hmm. is where the, one of the last things he does is to go off and pray alone and then asks to have his friends pray for him, but he goes off and prays alone because he's been prepared to do so. Yes. And then he... He prays that the Lord would take away the suffering if possible, but if not, then help me go through it well. Right. And that's kind of the prayer we all have for our, our families and for our lives. In a moment, we're going to, to end our segment, and there's a song that kind of deals with that. Vida de Rosa is a song that you, you put out a few years back on yes. one of your CDs. Two things. Number one, I want to thank you again. And I do thank you for coming in and sharing your time with us and your talent with us and for sharing your ministry with us. Your faith in Christ comes out in ways through music that uh, most people who are not musicians, I don't think, fully understand. But it does impact them, whether they understand it or not, because mm-hmm. they do drive home every Sunday singing those yeah. songs. And then number two, if you would be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer... I think I deeply appreciate it. And then I think we'll go into one of your one of your pieces. Okay. We thank you, Heavenly Father and Jesus, for all the gifts that you give us, for the opportunities to worship you, to praise you, to ask for help. Be with us. May your Holy Spirit guide us. And may we always seek to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. We're not quite done yet. We are going to be hearing this upcoming um, rendition of the the Way of the Cross. If anybody would like to hear this or share this or share a little of the music that is played today, they can do so by going to OCCatholic.com. Orange County Catholic Radio is one of the tabs there on the radio tab. And we're, of course, the flagship show. And you can uh, hear this shortly after it's been broadcast the first time. So we'll be able to, you'll be able to listen to that when you go there. Connie, do you have a website that uh, people could go to if they want to get more of your music? Yes, I do. ConnieSalazar.com. ConnieSalazar.com. Yes. C-O-N-N-I-E, not Y, C-O-N-N-I-E, Salazar, S-A-L-A-Z-A-R.com. Correct. Yes. And then they'll be able to hear your music. Yes. Thank you again. And now we're going to be listening to Via de la Rosa. Down the via 
dolorosa in Jerusalem that day. The soldiers tried to clear the narrow streets, but the crowd pressed in to see the man condemned to die on Calvary. He was bleeding from a beating. There were stripes upon his back, and he wore a crown of thorns upon his head. And he bore with every step the scorn of those who cried out for his death. Este día en Jerusalén, los soldados le abrían paso a Jesús, mas la gente se acercaba para ver al que llevaba aquella cruz. Dolorosa al 